0: We're going to talk about developing the spirit of man, and the spirit of man, of course, is the spirit inside us, the you are a spirit man, and so we want to talk about growing your spirit man, about developing your spirit man, which, by the way, is the most important part of us. And, uh, you know, the human body can be developed and trained. You can train the human body for sports, for competitions. In fact, to be honest, all of us have seen some extreme things that the human body is capable of. If, given the right training and the right circumstances, people can do amazing things that you'd never think of with the body. Have you ever seen anybody just do a handstand? Or do a handstand and run across the room on their hands? Dear Lord. I mean, do you know what kind of skill and ability that takes? Or to hold themselves up with one hand for a while? You ever seen a yoga pose? Some of the crazy, manipulative... Dear Lord. I just get hurt thinking about it. I mean, some of them, you know. But the reality is, is that the human body is capable of law if it's trained. The human mind, I really do, don't believe, has a lot of limits, on it the limitation is what you believe you can learn and what you can't learn I don't believe honestly I really just don't believe in people that are just born stupid and can't learn I don't agree with that I believe anybody's capable of learning I believe that that uh dear Lord I mean there are some people that know eight or nine languages I mean you wonder what they dream in you know what I'm saying you know what i 'm trying to say is the human mind can be developed, it can be trained to do amazing things, learn amazing things, just about any task. Well, just like our physical body can be trained and developed, and just like our human our mind can be trained and developed our spirit needs to be trained and developed above all these things because your spirit is where the life of god as we learned on sunday is where the source of the life of god comes from in our life in our heart in our spirit and so what we want to talk about is is what can we do to help ourselves grow spiritually strong to develop even more than we are now and how many got room to grow all right, we all got room to grow. And so we never get to the point that we stop doing these things. And I'm going to give you four principles tonight that I believe that if you'll practice these four principles, it will help you in life. It will help you grow spiritually to help you develop. You know, before we turn there, if you want to write this down, uh, 1 Peter two says, As newborn babes desire the pure milk of the word, that you may grow thereby. So, in other words, how do we grow? We grow by the word of God. The word of God is the life of God, and it helps us grow spiritually. It helps us develop until Paul eventually mentions the meat of the word. Remember when you when you were a baby, you you couldn't eat meat, you know? You couldn't chew it, you couldn't handle it, you couldn't digest it. But as you grew up, as you developed, physically you were able to handle stronger things well guess what as you grow and develop spiritually you're able to handle the meat of the word of God and so we how many want to grow amen I want to grow and you like I said this is not you not you don't get to a point while we're here on earth okay I'm done you know no 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 you good you just grow and you develop and guess what's going to happen when we get to heaven we're going to grow more because guess what? God's going to fix our doctrine. He's going to have to set us straight and says, okay, there's a few things we need to you know, uh, get straight here because this is it. You know? we, in other words, we stepped out, so to speak, into eternity and um, at that point we're free from our physical bodies. Guess, can you imagine the learning rate in heaven? No time, no sin, and no flesh. Do you realize, think think, George, you know, George has been, uh, how long has he been gone? About about two years now, something like that. Do you know how much he could teach us? I remember he used to come to church and he would tell his wife, because they'd come back to me, he would come in and he'd say, how does that preacher know all that stuff? I mean, he's like, I'm reading the same Bible he is, how does he see all these things, you know, and and you know... It's revelation of the Holy Spirit and learning and so on and so forth. And and can you imagine what he could teach us now being a couple of years? No time, no sin, no flesh. There's no hindrance to learning. We want to develop spiritually. That's how we'll hear God better. That's how we can flow with the Spirit of God better. And so um, what we're going to do is, again, give you four principles. And I just want to jump right in. You ready? Number one, speak the word of god speak the word of god i want you to turn with me to joshua chapter one go with me to joshua chapter one and we're looking at a verse most of you we have turned to hundreds of times but again we never stop doing the word it's all it's the same scriptures believe it or not none of it's changed you may see new things and may unstick your bible you ever do that Unstick an area that, man, I didn't even know that was there, you know? And, uh, well, we always need to go back to the Word. Joshua chapter 1, verse 8. This book of the law, talking about the Word of God, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that's written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. We love the idea of prosperity. How many like that idea? We love the idea of success, but in order to reap those benefits, in order to see that work in our life, we have to fulfill the first part of the verse. The first part of the verse is the part you do, okay? And notice what it says here. Look again with me, Joshua 1.8, this book of the law, talking about the Word of God, Shall not depart from your mouth. Everybody say, won't leave my mouth. Now, what does that mean, not leaving my mouth? That means it's in my mouth all the time, right? I'm just constantly chewing on it. I'm constantly talking it. What's our first point? Speak the Word of God. So, in other words, we don't allow a long period of time without the Word of God in our mouth. We want it to stay there, we want it to be something that we're constantly speaking. Well, notice what it says. It goes on to say, but you shall meditate in it day and night. So the word of God is supposed to be coming out our mouth. And then he further clarifies, but you shall meditate in it day and night. So what does that mean? All the time. It's not something, we live a lifestyle of this. It's not something that we just do for a certain part of the week, like on a Sunday, and that's it. No, this is part of our life. It's part of who we are. It's something we're doing all the time. But we shall meditate in it day and night. Now notice, why do we meditate in it day and night? Why do we want it in our mouth? Right here it says, that you may observe to do. You observe to do. Why are you so observant? Because did you ever notice what's on your mouth all the time? Is part of what you're thinking about. You're, you're aware, you're conscious of it. For example, if we start a series on the words of our mouth, on confession, and I'm constantly giving you guys confessions, and we're constantly talking about week after week, what begins to happen to you? You begin to be what? Conscious of what you're saying, and you're also saying things. You're confessing the Word of God. In other words, you're very aware of, of what's going on. Well, that's why we want to have the Word of God on our lips all the time. That's why we want to be meditating on it. So we're conscious. We're aware of it. We're not letting time go by and then, oh yeah, yeah, I forgot to do that. We're conscious. We're observing it. Why? Why are we observing it? Why are we being conscious of it? For the purpose of doing it. Everybody say, do it. That's exactly where the results come from in the doing not in the the results aren't coming from just speaking the word and observing the word they're coming from me acting on what I'm speaking. So again look here that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it then everybody say then. Now here's the good part. Then then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. So in Looking at the Word, in speaking the Word, in meditating on the Word, it makes me conscious of it, so I do it, and then I'm prosperous, and then I'm blessed. You see the connection there. A lot of people, though, stop at the speaking it. They, they might speak it some, and they say a few things, but they're not being aware of doing the Word. They're not meditating it. The blessing, the success, comes from doing the Word of God. And when we do it, we see results. Another translation of that last phrase in Joshua 1.8 says this, you'll be able to deal wisely in the affairs of life. Now think about it for a moment. Good success and prosperity come from dealing wisely with the issues you face in life, right? I mean, you ever made a bad decision? And you're like, oh, man, I shouldn't have done that. I shouldn't have been so rash. I shouldn't have been so quick. I shouldn't have done this. I shouldn't have done that. You know, well, could have, would have, should have. It's all water under the bridge now. But the reality is, wouldn't you all agree that if you always made the right decision, then success is around the corner. If you always make the right decision, if you always make the right choices, then other things are naturally going to come together. It's when we make poor decisions and poor choices. And so that's part of what we're talking about. God told Joshua to meditate on the word and that if he would do that, God would make his way prosperous and he would have good success. So let's look at the word meditate. Again, so many people have so many crazy thoughts on the word meditate. They think hum, hum, you know, that kind of thing. They think um, we're going to have a silent meditation. It's kind of like silent prayer. There's nowhere in the Bible you're going to find silent prayer, guys. God didn't say, don't worry, son. I will read your thoughts and answer your prayers, you know. Right? Is there anything wrong with a moment of silence out of respect? Absolutely not. But don't call it prayer because there's no praying if there's no talking. Right? Prayer is communication. It's words coming out my mouth, right? Not me you know i'm going to give you all of it philip uh, you know doesn't work that way you know the fact is is that meditating is not just sitting in there thinking okay meditating scripturally speaking is speaking the word of god over and over to yourself so in other words it's out loud just it doesn't mean you're screaming it it just means you're quiet and what I mean is you're just kind of quiet. You get off by yourself so you're not distracted by anything. And you just repeat the word of God over and over to yourself. By the stripes of Jesus, I was healed. I was healed by the stripes of Jesus. By the stripes of Jesus, I was healed. By the stripes of Jesus, I was healed. Now, what am I doing? I'm meditating on the word. I'm chewing on that word. That, remember, the word of God is what? It's alive, isn't it? it's alive it's powerful it's life giving as i speak it and just over and over speak it it's feeding me it's it's helping me it's opening my spirit cuz my spirit needs the word remember how do we grow spiritually through the word of god and so as i sit there and meditate how i do it a lot myself i'll just lay down in my bed close the door and i'll just you know just sit there and I'll just close my eyes as long as I've memorized the Scripture at that point, And I prefer to do it that way. I'll memorize it. And I will just over and over and over. I'll just sit there 10, 15 minutes, 20 minutes just meditating on it. Maybe a couple of Scriptures in a certain area. Whether it be on healing or whatnot. In fact, uh, my message for Sunday. As I've, the first thing I did, instead of just running out trying to put the message together... I started meditating on the Word of God. And the Lord will begin to speak to me. But see, what I'm doing is I'm feeding my heart. I'm feeding myself the Word of God. Remember what David said. He said, I hide God's Word in my heart that I might not sin against Him. How was David hiding His Word? He was speaking it. He was meditating on His Word. And as he did that, he was feeding his spirit. And so we need to take some time every day You know, and you know, if you've never done it before, start with five minutes. You know, ten work your way up just a little bit at a time. Now, if you're the person who will instantly fall asleep the minute you lay your head, no matter what time it is, then don't get in your bed and do it. Go for a walk and do it. You know what I'm saying? Sit on the back porch, you know, with an iced tea and just Take your Bible and you've got a scripture. That's the one I want to focus on. And so, you know, maybe it's a scripture you need in your life right then. Or a couple of them. And just over and over. Just say them over and over and over and over. You can turn it around. You notice you can say it different ways. You can make a confession out of it. And just say it and say it and say it. You'd be surprised after a period of time how much it will transform your life. Because you're feeding your spirit. And that's a good thing, amen? So that's number one principle, speak the Word of God. Number two, exercise the Word of God. Exercise the Word of God. Now, if you looked up in the dictionary the word exercise, this is what you'd hear. A particular movement or series of movements done to become stronger and healthier or something that is done or practiced to develop a particular skill. So it's something you're doing over and over and over. You exercise yourself in something. How'd you learn your ABCs? You exercised it by what? Saying it, by having tests, by doing different things over and over and over and over, practicing it, and eventually you got good at it. You know, you could do it without most of you could do it if you were drunk, you could. You know, still do it in most cases. Why? Because it's just a habit. It's just something I practice so much. It's like muscle memory or other things that you can practice exercise over and over and over and over. I was watching this thing today and they were talking about basketball and the guy was talking about muscle memory and shooting hoops. And he was saying how you can develop a muscle memory to know just how much force to give from wherever you are on the court if you just practice and practice and practice, eventually you'll just do it out of instinct. Why? Because you can't think in the middle of a game while everybody's trying to take the ball from you. And so, again, the Word of God is the same way. we got to practice the Word. In order to grow spiritually and develop ourselves in the Word of God, we have to do the Word. We have to be practicing it. And this is where a lot of people fall short. They'll make the confessions... But they don't actually go as far as doing the word. You don't need to turn here, but I wrote this down, James 1.22. Most of you know that word, but I want to read it out of the New Living Translation. It was, it's so plain, it'll slap you in the head. You ready? It says here, but don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you're only fooling yourselves. I love that. It is so clear and simple. Everybody say, be a doer of the word. You have to do the Word. You have to exercise it. If you want to see your faith work all the time, then you need to practice it even in the little things of life. Always practice it. Don't just reach for some medicine. Don't just take something so quick. Act on your faith. Act on the Word. Practice the Word of God. Let me give you an example. Look with me real quickly to the book of Philippians And go to chapter 4. I've used this example before, but it's really worth noting because it's so clear in what it says and what the results are. Philippians chapter 4. And let's read verse 6. Paul wrote to the Philippians, Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. Now, that be careful for nothing. Um, the Amplified Version says, do not fret or have any anxiety about anything. In other words, everybody say, don't worry. That's really what it's saying. The New King James is not really clear on that, but it's don't worry and pray. Okay, everybody say it with me. Don't worry and pray. All right, that's essentially what this verse is saying. Don't worry, in other words, take care of the worrying. You have to stop allowing fear to operate and make a decision. I'm not going to worry about this. Then what does the Bible say? Then pray about it, okay? Go to the Lord about the situation you're dealing with, all right? Well, a lot of people um, practice only part of that. In other words, they practice the prayer part easy. They just start talking to the Lord about the problem, but what they forget is about the no fretting part, about not allowing fear, about not worrying. So what are they doing? They're praying in fear. (laughs) They're praying while they're worrying. Now they're wondering why they're not seeing results. But the Word of God says what? Again, I made it clear, don't worry and pray, right? Essentially, don't worry and pray. Get rid of the fear, deal with the fear, and then pray And then you're going to have the benefits. But the problem is a lot of people don't deal with the first part. And they still want to see results. Listen to me carefully. Every promise of God has God's part and man's part. In other words, there's always a part for you to do. Now, what are we talking about? Exercising the Word. That means doing what the Word says. You can't pick and choose. Well, I like this part. You know, But I'm not really fond of that. Why, why is praying easier than dealing with the worrying? Because prayer is something I can just hop on my knees. Oh, Father, blah, 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 and be done with it. But worrying is a whole other level, isn't it? Man, that gets down into your heart. It gets into your thought life. It's work, you know? Did you ever have something that, that nagged you in worrying and it just kept on coming back and kept on coming back and kept on coming back? You know what I mean? That it just well, you're 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 worried about this or worried about that, maybe worried about your kids or worried about something at work and, and it, you you'll you'll deal with it and what happens? A little while later, man, have you heard and somebody will do that at work or or the phone will ring, oh my gosh, it's it's this, and you start the whole process all over again. Because all of a sudden you can feel that fear just blanketing you. Right, You know what I'm talking about. I mean, everybody here knows what I'm talking about. Why? It takes work. You have to remember. No, I gave that care to God. I gave up that worry. I refuse to worry. I will not allow worry to have a hold in my thought life. Well, here's the deal. If you want the full benefit, look again, Philippians 4. Look at verse 7, what it says. It says, if you'll do the first part, it says, and the peace of God which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Isn't that wonderful? But we're not going to be able to attain that. That's the promise from God. But if we don't do the first part, we're we're not supposed to worry and then pray, we're not going to see the results. Right? God said, don't worry, then pray, then the peace of God will keep and guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Well, everybody just kind of skips past the worry part a lot. And they go right to the pray part, and they expect the verse to work, and it doesn't seem to be working. And that's because you weren't a doer of the word. So what do we need to practice? We need to remember when we want to activate a scripture, when we want to see the promise from God work in our life, we got to look at, look at the surrounding verses somewhere in there is the key to initiate that to start that like a whether it be like a car somewhere in there's the ignition so to speak well the ignition for verse 7 that wonderful promise is doing verse 6 okay so everybody say doer of the word, of the word. so the fact is again we have to exercise ourselves in the practice of the word And that will help us become stronger in our faith. It'll develop us spiritually. But we need to remember, be a doer. Say it again, I'm a doer. doer. Amen? We're doers of the Word. We have to exercise the Word. We can't be lazy. Now, here it is, I'm saying this, and you have to ask yourself, what am I going to do with what this preacher's teaching me tomorrow? Am I going to take good notes? Ooh, that was good, Pastor. And then put it in my note pile and let it go? Or are you going to pull it out tomorrow and say, okay, I got to be a doer of the Word. I got to pull this out. So what I need to do is maybe for the next few days, I need to read these these notes every day. I need to look at those scriptures every day so that I can be a doer of what I'm learning, so I can act on the Word of God. All right, number three, third principle, make God's Word top priority. Make God's Word top priority priority. That means God's word goes way at the top in your life above anybody else's words. And how many know there's people that speak into your life? There's advice and things coming from everywhere. Just watch the news. They're crazy. I mean, they tell us everything is bad for us and the very next day. They tell you everything is good for you. They do not know. I mean, they're just, listen to me, do not take the news is gospel. <laughs> I mean, they're all over the place. What we want to do is we want to go, what does the word say? What does the word say? Well, they say I should do this and I should do this. And I, What does the word say? And that's what I'm going to live by. You need to make the word of God top priority. It becomes the authority over everybody and everything, including what you've been taught or grown up with. See, sometimes what we grew up with and what dear aren't so-and-so or what the preacher said or what I learned, we've just kind of always lived that way. We don't even realize we're not even willing to change. We're not even willing to bend with the Word of God. You know, just because a preacher says it or so-and-so says it or Dr. Oz says it doesn't make it gospel, okay? It doesn't mean, oh, that's it. That's the answer, you know? But God's word never fails us. Remember, he does not change, right? He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. His word must be top priority. So look with me real quickly to Proverbs chapter 4. Proverbs chapter 4. And, you know, we've looked at this verse actually a lot lately, it seems like. Proverbs chapter 4. Beginning with verse 20. Proverbs 4.20 My son, give attention to my words, right? Whose words? God's words, his words. My son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them, what is he talking about? His word, depart from your eyes. Keep them. His word in the midst of your heart. Now, what will that word do for you? Verse 22. For they are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. Boy, we all love this part, don't we? Man, I want the life of God. I want the health in my flesh. But in order to have the life of God, and health in my flesh, what do I need to do? I need to do the previous verses. I need to do what it said. Now, what did it say? Well, it was first of all said that even though there are so many things shouting in our life. I mean, did you ever get unrequested opinions from family or friends? Anybody know what I'm talking about? Everybody's throwing their two cents into your life. And God is saying, listen, I understand all that, but what did I say? Listen to what He said. Do what He said. Keep what He said in your heart. For those words will be life to us and health to all their flesh. Listen, part of training the spiritual man on the inside is keeping God's Word as top priority in our life. There were three things that God told us to do. He told us to listen to His Word. He told us to read His Word. He told us to memorize His Word. In other words, He wants it in us and that takes various ways it's speaking it it's reading it it's hearing it it's it's coming in all kinds of different places for example he started out with incline your ear to my sayings what is he saying listen to the word of god whether it be you're reading aloud whether it be you're hearing it preached you're listening to the radio you're on the internet whatever the source is your bible doesn't matter listen to it absorb it Knock everything else out. Let the Word of God not depart from your eyes. In other words, first of all, spend time alone reading God's Word. Just reading His Word. All right. Secondly, (laughs) imagine His Word. Let it sink deep inside you. Picture the promises of God working. Use your imagination. That will help you. Get that Word of God as you're reading it deep in your heart. What I do a lot of the times is when I'm reading the word of God, I'm just like everyone else. I I don't try to absorb tons. I don't try to, I want to get through 10 chapters because I find when I try to do that kind of thing, I might not even get anything. But what I'll do is I might read three chapters and guess what? I might read them over and over and over. Uh, and, And in a certain verse, the Holy Spirit will point out to me and I'll over and I'll read it over and over and over. I want that word in me. It doesn't do any good for me just to say, I read 10 chapters today. Well, big whoopity-doo. That isn't going to change you. That isn't going to help you. That word's got to get inside your spirit in order to help you. That's how we're growing spiritually. And so even if you read one chapter... Absorb the chapter. Absorb the word of God in there. Just keep on feeding on it. Do one chapter a day. But I'd rather you spend focused time on that one chapter than read a hundred chapters and not really get anything out of it, you know? And there's a lot of people that do that. They read their one year Bible and say, whoo, glad I got that done. Well, where's where's the love of God in that? Right? Where's the hunger in that? Am I right? I hope I'm not stepping on any toes. All right. <laughs> if we'll do these things, what God is saying? Listen to me carefully. God promised us if we would do what He said to do in Proverbs four twenty through twenty two. What that the word would be life to us, and health and healing to all our flesh. Do you know? Do you honestly want to know why some Christians? No, I'm not going to say some. All. Everybody say all. I'm really going to put myself all. Why they don't get their healing? They didn't do it. That's a bold statement, isn't it? But is God true? Is He faithful? Does He keep His Word? He said if you would do this and you would act on His Word and you would feed your spirit the way He said to do it, He said that Word would be life and health to all your flesh. So we can count on God's Word. Here's the deal, though. We've got to separate the adults from the kids. In other words, you know, the men from the boys, so to speak. In other words, the men are the ones doing it. The boys are the ones playing around it. And they wonder why it doesn't work. I don't know why God won't heal me. <laughs> well, wait a minute now. I thought He already healed you. I thought, by the stripes of Jesus, you... What does it say in 1 Peter 2? were healed so when somebody says i don't understand why god won't heal me what does that tell you right there you're not in god's word at all or you wouldn't be saying that right you're not in it because that came out of your mouth and out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks well i didn't mean to say it yes you did yes you did you know, we guys, we can snow everybody, but we can't snow the Lord. <laughs> Amen? So we got to put God's Word first. Amen? Number four. You ready? Number four, follow the leading of your spirit. Follow the leading of your spirit. I didn't say the Spirit of God. Okay? Follow the leading of your spirit. Now, don't get me wrong. The Spirit of God is in your spirit. <laughs> and that's why you can follow the leading of your spirit. Be quick and sensitive to obey your spirit. Remember, the human spirit, your spirit inside you, has a voice. We call that voice conscience. Sometimes we call it intuition, like, I just knew it. I don't know how I knew it, but I knew it. We we call it an inner voice of guidance. But all of that is our spirit talking to us, our spirit on the inside Every man's spirit, listen to me, has a voice, whether they're born again or not, every man's spirit. but what benefits us is is that we have our new creations in Christ. Remember, we've been born again, or we've had a rebirth of the of our spirit. so in other words, we're, our spirit is alive to God, okay. That's the difference between us and someone not born again or someone outside the family of God. They're just left to their own devices. Praise God, we're not. We have the Spirit of God living in our spirit. As we meditate upon the Word, that's where your spirit gets its information. Your spirit man needs to grow and develop and that comes from the Word of God. Your spirit is the life and nature of God in it because the Holy Spirit dwells in you. For example, I know for a fact that when I hear something in my belly, I've never heard the devil speak in here. If the devil's saying something, it always is external. Why? The devil don't live in here. You understand that? Every time you've had a temptation, every time that you've had the devil speak, well, you know what? and he'll say whatever he's going to say. If you pay attention in your heart, it's always out here. You're hearing it out here. Somehow, the devil in the spirit can speak, and we can pick it up. But it's not coming out of my belly, because only God's in here. He ain't sharing any space with the devil. Okay, You understand what I'm saying? So in other words, I can be assured, I know for a fact... That that voice came from the outside every single time. If an angel spoke to you, for example, it's going to come from where? The outside, not the inside. Why? An angel don't live in me. (laughs) You all get what I'm saying? I've had angels speak to me. I remember one time, don't get me wrong, don't have conversations with them, okay? I'm not any kind of weirdo or anything like that. You've had an angel probably or many speak to you, and you just don't know it. They were trying to help you and told you a certain thing. Sometimes the the Spirit of God may use an angel to speak to you and tell you to do something, you know, or don't go here, or don't do that. And I remember uh, when I was in Bible school, um, I had a class on angels, and I remember specifically... um, being so alert and attuned to the Spirit of God. Of course, at the time, I'm all full of the Word of God. You know, I'm constantly around these things and hearing the Word of God. And and it's like any other situation. If you ever went to like a a four- or five-day meeting to where you're hearing the Word of God on a consistent level, man, it'll spark up your spirit. You're just, you're very alert. Why? Because you're hearing and hearing and hearing and around the Spirit of God. Well, I remember when I was in Bible school, I remember distinctly paying attention to the difference between hearing something in my spirit and outwardly hearing something. And I remember distinctly a voice telling me something very specific that was right on and that was accurate, and I realized that's an angel. Probably the angel that hangs around me all the time that that keeps me and, and, and guards me, every one of us I believe has at least one angel with us all the time all the time you 're never you don 't ever have to be afraid, dear lord there 's a beast next to you i mean he 's not some little girl with wings or a fat baby in diapers. I mean this thing is a monster i mean I mean this thing is. I'm telling you what, guys, if you really saw an angel, you'd run. <laughs> I mean, these are powerful beings, but guess what? They're there to serve. They're there to help us, you know, and that angel could speak to you. And I remember distinctly hearing that on the, like somebody went up to me and, and I, I was actually in bed. It was late at night. I'm just laying there and, and it was like somebody was whispering in my ear. And then I realized it, and it was a good word. And I realized, well, it ain't the devil telling me that. So who could it be? It must be my angel trying to help me. Did God ever use angels in the Bible to speak to people? Mary? Joseph? Think about it, guys. All over the place. You know, you think that changed any? See, we're just so dense. We're just so physical, body conscious, physical conscious. We forget. That there's this whole spirit realm around us that we're a spirit and we should be more spiritually attuned than we are physically tuned. And that's the reason we're talking about what we're talking about right now. To make us more spirit conscious over being physical conscious. We do live in a body. Yeah, we're to take care of it. Yeah, we're to deal with this life. And and I'm, I'm stuck in it for a period of time. But the reality is I'm so much more than you see. You are so much more than what I see. There's so much more going on around us. Can you imagine all the angels in this room right now? Every one of you brought at least one with you. And I'm certain the church probably has a few to watch the ministry. Wouldn't you agree? But all the devils, they got to stay on the other side of the street. We don't allow them on our property. Amen? (laughs) You don't allow them in your home either, do you? No, everybody should have said, nope. All right. Listen to me. The bottom line is this. We need to... Well, let me say it this way. God communicates to you through your spirit inside you. He's not talking to your head. He's not talking to your mind. He's not talking to your body. He talks to you through your spirit. That, it's just right up on the inside of you. Now, as you hear from the Lord... Did you ever understand, say, I know something in here, but I don't have clarity here? Anybody know what I'm talking about? I know to, I know I'm know i supposed to do something. It's like I have, I know it's there, but I don't fully understand it up here yet to where I can do something with it. It's like I know something before I, I, I know it. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You have, you're just not... You need to be sharper and pray in tongues more. And you'll recognize that more. And a lot of times I'll have, like I'll pray and I'll get the victory. And I got the answer to what I need. And it's in my belly. It's like I know it's there. I got it. I can. I, there's joy in me. It's like it's there. I got it. But I still don't mentally have the full picture yet. It was like the parking lot was that way. Did you notice I never made a direct move on the parking lot, even though I've been talking about it for a while? Why? Because I knew I didn't have the full picture yet. we have been praying it out, and the Lord had to show me. He had to get through my thick head. In other words, my spirit, remember, my spirit is connected to my soul. What's in your soul? Your mind, your will, and your emotions. So did you ever have that thing where I knew I should have done that, or you did something like, I knew all along I should have done that. I knew all along. And you're like, you're so impressed. You're like a three year old. Imagine the Lord, man, that's awesome. And He's like, good little Johnny, good little Johnny, you're doing so good. <laughs> and it's like we're walking here. We just, we didn't poop in our diapers or something. I mean, <laughs> I, got so, I mean, I can imagine how the Lord feels about that sometimes. We're so excited. And He's like, oh, that's so good, that's so good. Here, I have a binky. <laughs> you know, but anyway, the the, uh, the point I'm making is, why did you say I, I I knew that I knew that, and you're so excited because it was it was in your spirit. God spoke to your spirit. You had that information, but it, you still have to understand how to do something with it. And so that's why we keep on praying. Lord, open the eyes of my understanding. Let me see as you see. I need to understand this, So I got it in here, but I need the understanding in my soul so that I can actually do it. Amen? That's why, guys, need to pray. Pray in the Spirit a lot, guys. It will help you. Write this down, Proverbs 20, 27. Just a reminder, the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord. That's how the Lord enlightens us. He guides us through our spirit. So as we meditate on the word, feed on the word, and are doers of the word, our spirit becomes a safer and safer guide. We get more accurate. I know a guy um, who said that every time when he started learning about hearing God, and understanding that God speaks to him in his spirit, he would practice every day. He worked in a place where they had a big old parking garage. And he would always park in a certain area. And so every single day before he would go to work, he would pray asking the Lord to reveal to him what spot would be available. Like P27 or whatever it was. Now, I know this sounds stupid, But what was he doing? He was practicing hearing the Lord. And so every day he would pray. And the first couple of times, man, he got it. He went up there and P27 sitting right there, spot for him, you know, and then maybe the next time he missed it. But he kept on doing it. He kept on doing it. And he would would pay attention when he made the mistake, like he got it wrong or he was thinking in his head. I wonder if it's this well does god speak to our thought no he speaks in our spirit and so he got good where every single day he would know what the open spot was at before he got there see we can get does god want to help you in every area of life you think about every area of your life but see we don't give him room we don't allow him into every area of our life because after all we got it under control but if we would just allow him to be in part of every area of our life, we could hear God for everything, even the small things. Instead of going to the gas station to find out that, you know, this pump isn't working. And you know, you you open your heart and you just have this pole to go to this other one. Then you find out later that one was down. Well, guess what? You just didn't waste 10, 15 minutes. You know what I'm saying? I was always taught, and I, I make a habit out of it, to never put gas in my car if they're putting gas in the in the uh, tanks because it's stirring up all that garbage underneath there, and you don't want that in your car. And how many times have you gone out of your way to go gas station because maybe that's the best price to find the truck right there? You know what I mean? I mean, oh man, you know. Well, see. If we continue to hear the Lord all the time and open ourselves up for every area of life for him to be a part of. Remember, if we acknowledge him in all our ways, he'll direct us in all our paths. He wants to be a part of every area of our life. Always put you at the right place at the right time. You think Jesus operated that way? I believe, I absolutely believe he was always at the right place at the right time with the right words and the right anointing, whatever he needed. But what did Jesus do? Well, the Bible says he got up a great while before everybody else. I'm paraphrasing. And he would spend time with the Lord. What do you think he was doing? I believe he was practicing what we're talking about tonight. I believe he was meditating on his father's word. He was meditating. He was praying. He was keeping himself. Why did he do that? He needed to fill himself up. He knew his source of life was the father and the spirit of God. And see, a lot of times we're just so busy for that. We're just so busy. You know, I don't get time for that. I'm telling you, if you would give the Lord more time, you'd find you'd have extra time because he would give you witty ideas. You'd be more blessed. You could pay someone else to do that. Amen? I know everybody doesn't like it when I say that, but sometimes I feel like everybody kind of acts like they don't have time for things. Then why don't you give that to someone else? Why don't you believe God and pay them so you have more time to give God? Do you think God would bless your socks off if you did that? If you did something in a move to give yourself more time? I mean, so you and you took that time and you literally gave it to the Lord to get in his word, to be around him, to be a blessing? I guarantee you he would. So real quickly, let's review. Ready? Number one, principle speak the word of God. Number two, exercise the word of God. Number three, make the word top priority. Number four, follow the leading of your spirit.